Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Friday, February 25th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is kind of enjoying these couple of days off. I think it's given us a lot of time to reflect on the team overall. I'm just eating a lot. I'll be honest. <laughs> All right. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to talk about the latest news from Flyers practice and maybe some controversial decisions they are making right now. We're going to then talk about cap space, looking at next year and going into trade deadline and, you know, how we get in shape for this offseason. And then it's Friday, so we're going to wrap up with our gritty thing of the week. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, Russ. So I think, you know, one of the bigger pieces of information to come out of practice was an update on Kevin Hayes. And Mike Yo was asked about him and a potential return because it seems like they're thinking he can return and there's a question about whether additional surgery would be useful or coming back to play would be useful or continuing to rest and rehabilitate and what the right option is you know it just seems like resting him should be the right option but I get that he wants to play and it's a difficult position Listen, players want to play. This this decision is not up to the player. This decision is up to the organization. And the organization should stand strong and say, hey, listen, uh, there's a better chance of you having a full 100% season next year by you not playing than any of these other opinions that are might be's. And just to have this conversation seems ludicrous to me. One of the interesting things that Mike Yo said was that um, quote, he doesn't want to jeopardize next year, but at the same time, if people are telling him that maybe he doesn't need surgery, maybe coming back and playing now is going to help him more next year, then he might follow that advice as well. He's just going to continue listening to the experts, and that's what he's doing. So it seems like they are getting multiple opinions. Multiple Too many doctors. opinions are bad. Too many opinions are bad. Yes, it can be. And I just think that it's it's just such a difficult situation overall. And while I get that he wants to play, and if that's going to help him in the rehab, it's not going to help him in the rehab. Possible. It's not. It's not. What they're talking about is mentally. He'll just feel better about things. And you know what? The, the risk is not worth that. I tend to agree with you there. I just like, I don't know if there's anything we can do to stop it. There's nothing we can do, but it's just uh, uh, beyond me that an organization would just like allow all these opinions to get filled into the player's head and yet 
still trying to make a solid diagnosis. I think this is part of the problem with the with the Flyers in general with with injuries. I think we're seeing it, you know, now on full display. It's a definite maybe. There's a lot of definite maybes out here with the Flyers. But you, you get what I'm saying? Like if this were you, oh, totally. If you try to explain this to your parents that you've been to couple different doctors, two or three, and they're all different opinions, they would be confused as hell. And so for an organization who could hire anybody they want, in the end, they don't have to listen to these other opinions. They could say, you know what? We respect those other opinions, but our expert says this, and this is the course of action we're going to do. Yeah, I mean, I think that's all you can do at this point. But they may not be doing that. Look, don't say look. We have just... Noted over the course of this season that there have been questionable decisions made, and that I just don't know that there's anything that can be done externally. They they're doing what they're doing, and we can just sit here and be frustrated. Yeah, that's fine. I just don't know what else to do, you know, with all of this because you know we have another decision coming up for Mike Yo with Derek Broussard, who has tried to come back multiple times. He is a TBD on Saturday against the Caps. And then to pile on to that, it seems like Morgan Frost is the odd man out who didn't get any participation in the line rushes. Broussard was the 3C in practice. So it's it's like, are you rushing Broussard back again? And are you also you know, screwing over Morgan Frost in the process. Well, here's how you could get away with not doing either. Derek, you're going to go on a conditioning assignment for a couple of games. If you play well with the Phantoms over the weekend, you'll be back in the lineup. That gives Frost a few more games to show his stuff and maybe keep him in the lineup over somebody else. So why aren't they doing that? They haven't done that for anybody. And everybody who's gotten injured has got, come back and gotten injured again. Yeah, I mean, you keep beating this drum and you're not wrong. It's it's unbelievable. And we've seen other teams use conditioning assignments yes. this season. And the Flyers just don't seem to want to do that. And it's baffling. I mean, it, and I'll just give an example. And, and I think Derek Broussard's a great guy. But for some reason, if he goes, I don't want to be on a conditioning assignment, then I'd be like, then you just cut off the team. We just don't need you. We'll be in last place with you. We'll be in last place without you. You know what I mean? They're not in last place, but you get the idea. It's like... yeah. They don't need it. They do not. Uh, I will say on the upside, Joel Farabee will be back, and that is good to That's see. Good. I like yeah. I like to see him slot in on that top line with Giroux and Atkinson. I think they work together really well, so I'm hoping that will spark something offensively. But where I see a slight problem is on the power play side of things. I do like Farabee on power play one. I think he belongs there. The problem is, is that they also have Yandel and JVR on Power Play 1. Right, because you can't move those guys off of Power Play 1. I mean, they're just so good (laughs) on that Power Play. Like, you can't possibly think about moving them off, right? I mean, why would you do that, Rachel? It's unreal. It's absolutely unreal. And I think that the better move would have been, honestly, to put either Konechny or Ratcliffe on Power Play 1 instead of JVR. Yes. And 
the defenseman role, it is what it is. I mean, you can put Provy on power play one. It's not going to be much better, I think, than Yandel. But you just don't have the personnel. Maybe put Sanheim, honestly. You could put Sanheim at this point. Like, what is the difference? There's no difference. Are you afraid you're going to lose too many points in the standings? You might as well give them a shot. Exactly. Exactly. But I think, you know, by putting Konechny on power play one instead of JVR, I think that's a good set of options with Farabee and Konechny being able to switch out positionally to have a bunch of different looks to your power play. Right. And then I think, you know, Ratcliffe is also a good option because he's a good net front, just tower screen guy. So that also gives you additional options. I just don't understand why they don't see any of that. It just seems so basic to me, you know? None of this makes sense. I mean, I'm looking at power play two, and so Jerry Mayhew's on power play two, and it's like, really? Okay. I mean, if we watch the way some of his goals have gone in, some of them have been very fortuitous. Do we really think that Jerry Mayhew is going to be a driving force on power play two? Like, it's just, come I mean, on. He can... could, but it's not a, a done deal. And and Broussard, again, hasn't even been playing hockey, so you're going to bring him back and you're going to instantly throw him on the power play? Why? I don't know. It's, you know, they're just like blindfolded and throwing darts at this point. And I mean, Ratcliffe could be on power play one, sorry, instead of Van Riemsdyk. Yeah. At least we know yeah, he'll get in front of the net. I know. It's just, yeah. I, I, it's just all swirling in my head. It really is. It's just, again, I, I, I want to just say this out loud because I don't know how else to take it. There's one thing about showcasing guys, right? But they're not doing this. They're actually playing this. Like, they think they still have a chance if they get on a roll. They're not going to get on a big roll. This team is not going to do that. They may win a couple. They, I don't even think they've won three in a row this year. I'm not even sure. It's been a while if they have. I don't know. It's so weird. Like, the decision-making top to bottom is so... Please tell me what they're playing for, Rachel. What What possible trophy are they playing for right now? I don't know, just like some Little League trophy that's sitting in somebody's garage. Right. And collecting dust for 20 years. I I don't know. What, again, what does it matter for Broussard, for JVR? Because if they could get rid of him, they would. Yandel, for Sealer, for Connaughton, for Braun. What does it matter for them where they play and how many minutes they get at this point Again, they're going to have such a short development cycle. It's literally going to run right after the, the deadline because then they're going to have to bring bodies up. Then they're not going to have a choice. But then there's not going to be as much runway either. It's infuriating. And I think that maybe having this time off was bad because now we're thinking a lot and saying. Yeah, we God forbid. We actually, we're actually thinking. Well, we have a lot of thinking to do for next season as well related to the cap and how the team is going to manage that. So, you know, we're playing the caps this weekend. We're talking about the cap. (laughs) It's a thing. We'll do that when we get back. But first... This is a time of year that maybe you would have given up on a New Year's resolution, but not this year. You can stick to it thanks to Built Bar. Have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat. 
They're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors in the puffs. Cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, and all Built Bars, including puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You're going to be blown away. Built Bars are high protein and low calorie, high fiber, and low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. But you compare that to a candy bar, it's going to have 240 calories, a ton of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And regular Built Bars have so many delicious flavors as well. You've got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They have new flavors all the time. They make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts like us. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Russ. So we were talking offline and looking ahead to next year's team and, you know, preparing for the trade deadline. Who do you want to maybe get rid of and what is your strategy here? And a lot of that will have to do with the cap situation Mm -hmm. for next season. And as we know, we have one million, a whole one million of additional cap space next year. (laughs) So it's 82.5 million uh, cap overall. And the Flyers are in a bit of a pickle here because it's more than a pickle. It's a giant pickle. Even with Claude Giroux off the books, the forward situation is pretty dire, where we still have JVR's salary on the books at seven million. And then we have Kevin Hayes at seven million and Sean Couturier at seven million. So those are your three top salaries eating up a significant portion of the cap and then you have Cam Atkinson, Travis Konechny in the 5 to 6 million dollar range along with Joel Farabee whose real contract mm-hmm. kicks in next year at 5 million. So you're kind of stuck in a way with having to have sort of one year rental guys or guys on ELC for the rest of your forward core and that's not going to improve this team. No, I mean, there's one, two, three, four, five RFA offensive players. And, you know, you get Ajita just looking at this beautiful spreadsheet that you've made. Uh, (laughs) Because, you know, again, I've had fans answer me online saying, I'm tired of these trades where you trade someone like Van Riemsdyk and either a first or a second to Arizona to get the cap space. Just leave them. And it's like, yeah, but if I get rid of them, I could get two more players. That's the issue. Right. And that gets you players on your fourth line who maybe have a little bit of skill. Because if you can pay them two and a half to three million as opposed to a million or 850,000, those are going to be better players. Yes. And they're going to give you something. Because, yeah, I mean, again, the black hole of the fourth line isn't producing much points wise, is it, Rachel? None. They're in a very difficult situation, and I think you're right that they have to dump one, if not two, 
of -hmm. these salaries in Mm -hmm. order to make room to have a balanced lineup on this team next season. And, you know, we've talked about possibly trading Travis Konechny or Scott Lawton. And I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility here. I think they're going to keep Oscar Lindblom. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't think he's on the table at all, but you know, again, especially like I said, with Joel Farabee's big boy salary kicking in at five million, and you're definitely not getting rid of him. There's not a lot of room. What about the defense, Rachel? What's going on there? That is also a bit of a mess because right now, you know, let's just say even with who we have, we only have about ten million dollars of cap space to work with for next season. And so let's just say we get no, we trade nobody and we get nobody on the forwards. We're still in trouble because on the defensive side of things, we really only have three guys under contract. Mm -hmm. So that's Ivan Provorov, Ryan Ellis, who's a question mark to play. We hope Mm -hmm. he does, Mm -hmm. but still a question mark. And Travis Sanheim. So those are your three defensemen. There's nobody else because Ristolainen's a UFA, giant question mark. And then everybody else on the defense of this team is a UFA. And I don't think any of them are coming back. Right. And it seems like we need six to field the team, don't we? No, I'm kidding. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and so we're going to just pencil in Cam York, whether he's ready or not. Like, it's just right because right. of cap concerns. So he's in there. So now you got to have at least three more. Unless you're going to have mm-hmm. your call-up be a young guy like Samula or whatever. Maybe they'll deal with that. But does this have t- team have a history of allowing two young defensemen to play at the same time? Not when they're good, but we're yeah. making an argument that it's going to be hard to be good. See, this is the part where mathematics and talk don't meet. Like Dave Scott's like, yeah, I think we could be good next year or a year after. And the mathematics of it make it hard for that right now. It does. And we haven't even talked about goalies yet. So we so. might as well. Let's do it. So right now, obviously, Carter Hart's under contract, and he's just under $4 million, which is honestly very good. I, I, I love Yeah, that that's a great contract. No, no problem. So, but the, the problem is Martin Jones is either getting dealt at the trade deadline or he's a UFA, and they're not going to re-sign him, right? No, that's, no. that's pretty much guaranteed. So if you, if you even pencil in a goalie for $2.5 2. you're still then only down – to like eight, seven, eight million to fill all of your other needs. Yeah, well, why don't you just have Sandstrom be the goalie or Fedotov or Ustamenko? Well, Fedotov is going to have to get paid real money, right? Yeah, he's not coming over for just mm-hmm. ELC money. So that's that's fair. So why not just Sandstrom? Why don't you just bring up Sandstrom? You could, but I don't, I just, I just don't think he's there. I, I, I just, his I feel play the same is way. Fine. He, yeah. It's not great, and he's having injury woes, so that makes me nervous to depend on him because you just have to, if you look at the depth of the Flyers goaltending right now, there's, like, nobody that I would depend on. Wait, wait, there's a hand up in the back. I see it's Pat Nagel. Why not Pat Nagel? <laughs> I just don't think he could handle the rigors of a full season, even as a backup. So what you're telling me is, right, so what you're telling me is when – all the other teams have picked up their goaltenders. Then the Flyers would be able to sign one. They're looking for that odd man out who needs a contract. Which is what they did this year with Martin Jones. Yeah. And it was fine. So. Well, I don't know if it was fine, but like whatever. I didn't say great. I, I know, said fine. I know. Fine. So 
so yeah, I mean, I think overall, I mean, obviously, we'll we'll dig into this more, especially as we approach the off season and after the trade deadline and we see what situation you're we're in. But if they don't at least make an effort at trade deadline, even to free up some cap space for next year, it's going to be exponentially more difficult for them to do so in the off season when there's more competition. It's easier to do in the off season in the sense that teams have a better idea when their UFAs drop off, what their finances are going to be. But when everybody knows you have to do it, mm-hmm. yeah, then you got a problem. So again, lots to talk about here. You know, we're going to have to get into which of the young prospect forwards you're going to sign to ELCs, what your RFA offers are going to be for them, who you're going to bring back, and how you're going to try and clear some space to get a quality lineup together. Yeah, I, I don't like this, Rachel. A lot this is to do. This is like real talk instead of just like fluffy radio talk where you could just call in and imagine things. Yeah, I mean, you can't propose deals in a vacuum. You got to think about it in the context of this cap. And this cap is small and it is not getting any bigger anytime no. soon. Nope. All right. Well, we're going to try and end the week on a fun note because today has been pretty combative, but in a good way, in a productive way, I think, but combative nonetheless. So we're going to do our gritty thing of the week coming up next. But uh, first, we're going to hear about our friends at Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just for basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we actually have like uh, a few things to talk about with our gritty thing of the week this week. Uh, gritty was kind of busy. We did talk a little bit earlier in the week on our phantom segment about Melvin's birthday and mm-hmm. Gritty was there. There was all sorts of mascots there. It wasn't just sports mascots that were like local to Pennsylvania and in that Allentown area but there was like some corporate ones there too which is always weird when they combine um there was like the peeps mascot oh gosh there. I know I know it was all kinds of crazy and they had while the mites were playing all the other mascots were out there too like interfering it was kind of funny yeah okay um they also gritty had um was out there for a clinic that Donald Brashear was at for Black History Month. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of cool. Like the kids are out there with an NHL legend and also an orange floofy thing. Hopefully Brashear wasn't teaching all the kids how to elbow somebody. (laughs) I like Donald Brashear. Oh, he's a good guy. I mean, he drives fast, but he's a good guy. Um, Another fun thing is coming up, there is going to be a Marvel night with the Flyers, and uh, I think it's the March 5th game, and 
they created two posters for it, which are super cool, I gotta say. So there's one that's an Iron Man gritty. So it's like gritty and Iron Man, but gritty's hand has got the Iron Man thing. Right. Iron Man is pretty much retired. Like he's he's no. on yeah he he's on death's door. No. At least at least Robert Downey is. He's the only Iron Man in my life. That's the MCU Iron Man. Like in the comics, there's uh, many different people that inhabit the role. Oh, uh, so Iron it's like Man. a multiverse Iron Man. I mean, is everything a multiverse now? Like everything it's in life? It's not multiverse. It's different stories Just, with uh, different okay. people right. taking on the mantle of the role. Oh, I see. That's so the how suit, comics work. So everybody has an Iron Man suit hanging up in their closet. Is that what you're telling me? Some people do. Yes, <laughs> they pass it down. Just like Cap passed down the shield. No, no, that one I get. That was more of a good it's transition. It's a similar sort of thing. All right, fine, thing. whatever. We'll leave it for another show. Go ahead. Sorry. All right. I think we've carried over the combativeness from the other segment. It's not gritty. getting any better. It's just not. <laughs> The other one is also cool. It's more of a Thanos thing with Gritty having yeah. the the glove and I like then, it. you know a bunch of the other players. I think both covers looked really look really cool. Although and they'll be available as posters at the game. I mean, you know, Faraby, Couturier. Um, I see a guy up in the upper left corner. Like, <laughs> why is in the upper left? Shouldn't he be in front and center? Or is he in well, the, the upper? Well, the glove is front and center. Well, but it does seem like the guys under contract are are out in front and center, and the guy who doesn't have a contract is just above the Wells Fargo, but like in the complete left, which is probably the next spot is the door, isn't it? I mean, is there a placement issue here? Do you believe there's a placement issue here? No, I think you're reading too much. No, into I don't it. think so. No, no, I, I'm just saying. I think they're pushing the young guys out front, and that old older guy, the captain there, he's off to the left. Just my feeling. Uh, moving on to the next one. This one, actually, honestly, I got a little emotional. This is a TikTok that Gritty made. There was a visit from Marty, who is a, a cat who has been... Um, suffering a little bit, but who has been taken care of by a cat rescue. Oh, that's nice. And um, just a really, really cute cat, but has some, you know, limited abilities. And so they had this cat, Marty, visit Gritty. And it's just, I would have thought that the cat would be scared away, but nope. Um, Just like allowed himself to be pet. And it just like, honestly... Normally, like you don't see like cats around hockey teams. It's, it's usually true. a dog. Yep. And so it's really, it was just really nice to see a cat, and it was nice to see them get along so well. And it's it's an emotional video, so just be prepared. It's good cat representation. I agree. It is. And then this probably is my favorite of the week. Uh, gritty decided to hop on the uncut gems meme Mm -hmm. it's a very good execution like very very good i'm not sure if you're aware of what was going on on tiktok with uncut gems i am not aware (laughs) but i was so not um, aware yeah so julia fox did an interview where she was talking about uh being the muse for uncut gems the movie Mm mm-hmm and but the way she pronounced it kind of just caught on as a meme it was uncut gems 
And so it just kind of became a thing. And, and so Grady that was more popular board. than the actual movie. Yes. Yes. Because the movie was like a little bit long and fine. drawn out. It, it was, was fine. It was okay. Yeah. But the meme has been excellent. And okay. so I appreciate Gritty getting involved and putting together a fantastic representation of it at various points during the last game. So that's some good work by the Flyers social media team. That is some good work by them. I give it to them. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Uh, We'll be back again on Monday where we're going to name our nemesis of the week. So I think the contentiousness is going to Hopefully it goes away over the weekend. I don't know if it will, though. Hopefully the Flyers will win against the Caps and we can talk about a win and give our nemesis. That would be an amazing way to start off the week. Wow, you're really really reaching, aren't you? Look, I'm trying. I'm trying here. All right. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. You can send in mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steele Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the experts of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.